as we start off today, I want you to, the, there's these cards, okay? I'm gonna do one too, okay? So since we have a small enough group, do you, would you feel comfortable? Is it, or is it, is the question too vulnerable? What question did you get, Emily? Oh, I actually asked Oh. Okay, okay, that's okay. Um, we'll just try our best. Okay, <laughs> card game, all right. I just got this, so I'm kind of curious how this is gonna turn out. Um, what's the, okay, so mine says, what's the best job I've ever had? Uh, mine's pretty easy, I'm gonna say this one. <laughs> I really didn't like rig this, okay. <laughs> okay, anyone else? Uh, I'm just gonna pick random people, if that's okay. Uh, ben, you wanna share? Mine is, what was the worst haircut you've ever had? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So I, okay, so when I was a kid, there was this really popular K-pop group called uh, H.O.T. Oh, yeah. And they would like split their hair down the middle. Yeah. And then I saw it, I was like, dude, that's so cool. So for like three years, I rocked that haircut. Uh-huh. And just looking back at pictures now, I'm just like, no, that was not it. <laughs> <laughs> that was not how to do it. Did you have the gloves too? They they used to wear like fat gloves when they would perform, right? <laughs> nice, awesome. That's a good one. Okay, great. Uh, so wait, so Jake, you hated yours, so you don't want to answer yours? Well, it just says describe your worst day ever. <laughs> you don't want it. You don't have one. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Oh, is it like is it like rated R? <laughs> Private stuff. Okay, that's okay. Emily, do you mind sharing yours? Well, you don't have a bad story about other people. I do have a bad haircut story. That made me think of when I was in junior high. I used to have like the long, like past my shoulders long No way, really? Middle-aged woman bob cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was what is wasn't that like the Rachel cut from Friends? Like it was kind of like this. Was it like that? <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, do you want to share yours, Emily? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> you can't recall. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like the best, best. Just maybe a really, really good advice that you remember. Okay, no problem. All right, let's do one more and then circle back to Emily. Um, sorry to put the new people on the spot. Do one of you want to share? It's okay if you don't. Okay, it's okay if you don't. Okay, Claire. What state or country do you ever want to go back to? <laughs> okay. Um, I went to Cuba when I was released. Um, I got rid of food poisoning at Oh, okay. So bad memories from yeah. Cuba. Okay. Oh. But like Cuban food is so delicious. It's actually not as good in Cuba. No way, really. 
okay, okay. Because of the quality of the food, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I've also heard um, uh, people say they like, like Vietnamese people say they like the pho better here than in Vietnam. And I was like, what? This is like, you know, but it's like a Vietnamese person who told me that. And I was like in disbelief, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the fall here, you know, but. Okay. Um, did you think of anything? It's okay if you didn't. We can move on. But you're getting advice from a murder podcast? <laughs> oh, is that is that is that like the model? Stay yeah. sexy and don't get murdered? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could just say no and don't have to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now and now you're a mom, so you really don't have to, yeah. right? Now, like, yeah. Not, not not if you had any more reason before. Okay, great. So I just wanted to start off with a little bit of like sharing, a little bit of socializing. Um. Uh, wait, let's do. Elsie, did you have anything? I feel like maybe there was something. No. Your worst habit. Oh, okay. Or is there very something very specific that you need to eat? I'll say I can eat yeah. anything. Uh-huh. But in reality. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like the annoying, like, yeah. I, I think I know what I want, but I am like uh-huh. say it. Yeah. yeah. I I tease my Becky about it all the time. Cause like she'll make me she'll make me play this game that I don't want to play. Which is figure out what I want to eat, like every time. Then I have to like narrow it down. You want Asian, American, and then she's like Asian, and then the Chinese, Japanese, Korean, yeah, and narrow it down. Yeah, yeah, process of elimination. Yeah, and it. Yeah, so yeah, the whole taking an hour to figure out what to eat, and then we'll eat it in like 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, okay, so I I could spend all day like with this game. It's fun. Okay, so we are continuing in our joy series, and I wanted to start off by a little bit of um, socializing because, I, okay, I want to ask a serious question. Uh, how many of you feel like you're learning to socialize all over again now that people are meeting up in person and there's like parties and gatherings and, you know, like our church just started meeting up again a couple months ago and so... You know, people are kind of slow to come back to socializing in some ways. Um, so yeah, does anyone else feel like they're learning to socialize again? I do. Okay, thank you. Like, like half of us, okay. So <laughs> last week, uh, my family and I were having dinner with some other family friends that we haven't seen in a long time. 
And it was great. It was great seeing them. Like literally, I, we haven't seen them in like uh, a year and a half, you know, since before COVID. And I was talking to uh, this one friend that I, have, I haven't seen her like the whole time. And, uh, you know, we were catching up a little bit. And she asked me like, oh, how's your chaplaincy job going, right? How's your chaplaincy at the hospital going? And I was responding to her question. Uh, I was saying like, oh, it's going really well. Um, it's, you know, but I'm just trying to figure out the balance between chaplaincy and, and right in the middle of my sentence, she turns to the person next to her and says, how are you doing? <laughs> like right in the middle of my sentence. And I was like, I was like so confused. I was like, wait, is, and I was thinking like in, in the two sentences that I shared, did I just bore her or was she always like this? Like, and I just never really noticed before. And I was just going through all of this in my mind, you know, and like, um, and I was so confused and I was, and I was like, and then, uh, so, and then a couple days later, just a few days ago, I came across this article. Um, competitive talking. This is a phrase I've never heard before, and it's been around for a few years since before COVID, but after COVID, it's become kind of rampant, right? Com competitive talking. Why we're all talking over each other as we emerge from, as you can see, this article just came out recently. And I definitely noticed this as I'm like interacting with people and I barely get a word in as I'm talking to people. You guys, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, good, good. Okay, so I'm not the only one, right? So as I'm talking to people, you know, people will ask me a question and then I'll respond. And then in the middle of my sharing, they'll like jump in and then they'll just like talk and talk and talk and talk, right? And I'm kind of used to it, like in uh, the hospital where I do my chaplaincy, you know, like my main job is really to listen to them, right? And very rarely will I actually give advice. But yeah, most of it is like listening. So I'm, I'm kind of expecting that in a hospital with sick patients, but I'm not really expecting it when I'm meeting up with an old friend. You know, I'm kind of hoping that there will be some mutual dialogue. <laughs> there will be some back and forth, right? And uh, that's how relationships work. You guys okay? A little bit of a mess over here. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I think they gotta go out. So I was kind of expecting that, you know, in, in uh, the hospital setting but not so much in like socializing setting them. But I, I am realizing when I'm meeting up with people, like friends, uh, <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm a chaplain with my friends. You know, I'm asking them how they're doing and they're like talking on and on and on. And I'm waiting for them to ask me how I'm doing. And they never ask, <laughs> they never ask. And so I, I feel like I'm a chaplain all the time. And so this phenomena of uh, competitive talking, it's become more and more rampant. And I'm realizing to have like really fruitful, um, uh, joyful and rewarding relationships, there needs to be like mutuality, right? I, I listen to you, <laughs> you listen to me, right? And uh, I, I share my life with you, you share your life with me and there has to be mutuality. And this is uh, the central truth for today. Uh, joy is found in mutuality, not in isolation. Okay. 
Joy is found in mutuality and not in isolation. Now, in the 21st century, uh, it feels like we are more connected now than ever before. Right? We uh, have ability to connect with anyone at any time, anywhere in the world, right? with social media, with email, with text messages. And we have this device that's literally like attached to our bodies at all times so that anyone could contact us at any time. But it's almost like it's an illusion of connection because nothing replaces like human to human interaction. Right? How, honestly, like how can you deeply connect with someone over a 50 second TikTok? <laughs> really, you know? Can you receive real heart to heart connection over social media? Like genuinely in, in a deep level. Okay, I, I definitely learn a lot from social media. I get inspired by social media all the time, right? And, and there are occasionally things I discover about myself when people are sharing personal things. But can you have a deep heart-to-heart -heart connection with another human being over social media? If there's anything these past 18 months have taught us, it's that joy is found in mutuality, not in isolation. We actually discovered that we can do a lot in isolation, right? We can uh, work in isolation, right? We can, we can be productive in isolation. We can study and do class from, our class, uh, from, our, from the comforts of our home. We can even exercise in isolation. And we can, most obviously, we can be entertained <laughs> in isolation. We've been doing that way before COVID. But the one thing we cannot experience is true human-to-human -human connection and heart-to-heart -heart deep connections. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. Okay, there's, I think there's a typo in the bulletin. If you don't have your Bibles, go ahead and um, uh, just listen to uh, me reading these verses for us. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let, it, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let her serve. If, if it is teaching, let her teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let her govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in mutual affection. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Amen. Amen.
So this letter is a letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Okay. Uh, now, Paul was forbidden to go to Rome because he was like banished from there. And if he were to step foot in Rome after he became a follower of Christ, after he became this apostle of Jesus, uh, he would be arrested, tortured, imprisoned, and most likely executed. So he was writing to this letter to the church that was in the city of Rome. And he knew that this church in the city of Rome was going to be really, really integral. It was going to be really, really important because they were in uh, the largest city in the world at the time, the great city of Rome. And so he knew that the church in the city of Rome was going to make a big impact. And so he was really writing this long, lengthy letter. It was kind of exhaustive and teaching them correct theology, uh, how people are to be treating one another and how they're supposed to uh, worship God. Now, one of the things that uh, he says in here in, near the beginning is do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. There is something innate in, in us. There is something inherent in us that God has given to all of us. Okay, a deep desire, a deep longing that can only be fulfilled and satisfied by God. And it was placed there by God and it could only be, be fulfilled for God. And then later on in verse 5, he says, So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This longing that is placed in us points to a greater need that all of us have. Okay, and we could only experience this joy when we explore this longing that we have. Okay? Joy is found in longing. Joy is found in longing. St. Augustine wrote this, The whole life of the good Christian is a holy longing. That is our life, to be trained by longing. Human beings are born with this deep desire, a desire that dwells within our spirits. But oftentimes these desires are misplaced. These longings are misplaced. We think it could be fulfilled with work or having more money or having power or even uh, sex. Make sure the kids are gone. <laughs> Uh, but all of these empty pursuits will leave us uh, feeling hungrier than ever before. This deep longing that St. Augustine was talking about is God-given. Okay? It's, it's God-given and could only be fulfilled by God. In many ways, even our culture's obsession with uh, <laughs> is a reflection of this longing. If you think about it, okay, it's kind of the intersection between beauty and uh, desire and it is something and, and, and a deep desire for human to human connection but really it's uh, oftentimes a placeholder for a deeper desire that we have with God and with other human beings when Jesus Christ was asked by a bunch of uh, religious leaders what is the greatest commandment Jesus replied simply, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Our inner beings will not be satisfied until we can connect with God and our neighbors in a deep way. This is where joy can be found. Unfortunately, we have replaced, our culture has replaced love the Lord your God with love yourself as much as possible and only yourself. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, the pursuit of happiness is actually the constant need to feed this emotion of elation as a result of an experience or event. Joy, on the other hand, comes only from loving God and loving your neighbors. And I know that every week I, I try to put a lot of effort into giving these messages, okay? Um, but like, <laughs> to really be honest with you, my messages are just like hundreds of different ways to repeat love the Lord your God and love your neighbors. That's really like all my messages are all about at the end of the day, okay? It's all about returning to this like central truth, which is love the Lord your God and love your neighbors as yourself. And I'm just trying to find all these different creative ways to communicate that. And Paul continues on in verses uh, 6 through 8 by listing all of the different gifts that we have in the community. Okay? We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to the portion, uh, proportion of his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If, if it is teaching, let her teach. If it is encouraging, let her encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let her govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. All of these gifts that Paul is listing, if you think about it, okay, if you really pay attention to it, it's for the sake of benefiting others. God gives us spiritual gifts so that we could give it back to other people. This is the way that God designed it. Okay? So joy is found in giving. Joy is found in giving, not in receiving. Happiness is found in receiving. Right? So we're constantly looking for these events or experiences that can feed our desire for happiness. But it's, it's like an addiction, right? And we're constantly looking for these experiences that could give us that emotion of happiness. But joy, joy is coming from this place of generosity and selflessness and giving. Why would anyone have the gift of prophesying if not to empower other people around them? Why would someone have the gift of encouraging if not to encourage those around her? And why would someone have the gift of teaching if not to teach others and help them love God and love others? All, God gives us these spiritual gifts not for our own sake, but for the sake of giving it out to other people. A lot of times, I, I, one of the things that has been deprived these past 18 months during the pandemic lockdown is we haven't been able to practice these spiritual gifts. I know there are some of you in here, your, your gifts are maybe encouragement, maybe your gifts are teaching, maybe your gifts are generosity, and that has been in many ways like suppressed, right? Because we've been forced in our homes to just stay inside and like not interact with people. You could, there are some things you could do online, right? But really for the most part, like a lot of these spiritual gifts that have been given to us has been 
uh, suppressed and we have been feeling uh, discouraged or maybe even like depressed for many of us because we're not able to practice these things. It's for the sake of benefiting others. This is why Jesus said it is better to give than to receive. He's actually talking about the giver, not the recipient. Okay? He's actually talking about the person who is doing the giving. It is better to give than to receive because he knew that this is how God made us and this is the only way that we can experience true joy. A few years ago, uh, there was a study that was performed by two psychi uh, psychiatrists and they found that people who reported giving support, okay, giving help, okay, and giving like generously to other people, not receiving, okay, they experience more positive results in their life and they tend to live longer. So giving to others literally helps you live a longer life, a healthier life. And not surprisingly, those who reported giving more support and, give, and helping others uh, ended up receiving more support and help from others as well. Another psychiatrist, his name is Dr. Matthew Ishak. Uh, he uh, works at Cedar sinai Hospital. He revealed that helping others is believed to increase levels of this endorphin-like chemical, uh, which is called substance P. And this can actually help relieve physical pain. It's incredible. So giving to others, being generous and helping others actually like gives you life. It helps you live longer and it helps relieve pain. So those of us who are living selfishly uh, and constantly just looking for happiness rather than joy, uh, and, and many of us are like so confused, like why, am I, why do I feel so empty? Right? Uh, I, have, I have money, I, I have all these experiences, I, I, uh, I, I, I hang out with people, but it's all like for the sake of selfishness. And ultimately, it's because they're lacking this need, the way that God designed us to live generously, to give to others. However, um, it has to be practiced regularly. Okay? A single act of kindness isn't going to carry you through like several days or, or weeks, okay? Uh, so you have to practice kindness, generosity, and helping others regularly, okay? And this is exactly why the church exists, okay? It's to help remind us to give generously, to live a life of kindness, and to, to help others. How many of you, okay, for, especially for those of us who are regular members of our church, how many of you have anyone else in your life telling you to help others and to live uh, generously and to be kind more than me. Do you really? Is it your parents? Your grandma. Okay, okay. That's good. Okay. Like really every week? Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. Anyone else? Oh, Cindy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The but she's a missionary. <laughs> okay, that's great. Yeah, and I know that uh, Riley, your your grandma takes her faith very seriously too. Anyone else? Well, part of the reason why I ask this is because um, 
this is why, like I said, this is why the church exists, okay? It's to help us ultimately to love God and love our neighbors better or more effectively, okay? And this, my message is every week, it's just different creative ways <laughs> to remind us to love God and love our neighbors. And I'm going to let you in on a dirty secret. Um, my job as a pastor should not exist. Okay? If the church is actually doing what it's supposed to be doing without me, then my, I don't need, my job as a pastor does not need to exist. Okay? When the early church gathered together after Jesus ascended back into heaven, they didn't necessarily have someone who is assigned as a pastor. They had different people who were sharing responsibilities. One person oversaw finance. One person like organized the meals all the time. One person uh, figured out where they're going to meet and all that stuff. And they shared everything in common, Okay, as it says in Acts chapter 2. Okay, there was not one person who was assigned to being the pastor who would do everything. So my job really should not exist. Okay, My job really exists just to like help this thing going. <laughs> So ultimately, the goal is to like work myself out of a job. <laughs> okay, and this is also why uh, God gives us community. Okay, joy is found in community. In Romans chapter twelve, verse ten, it says, "Be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves." The literal translation of the second half of this verse says, "Lead the way in honoring others." In other words, uh, be the first one to honor each other. Okay, it's like you have to, you have to beat them to the punch. <laughs> um, another version of the Bible, which I don't particularly like that much, is uh, ESV. But uh, the way they translate this, this part of verse 10 is outdo one another in honor. Outdo one another. And they kind of turned it into a competition. And that reminded me of like when my parents and their friend, when I was a kid and my parents uh, and their friends would eat dinner together and the check would come out, they would like fight over the bill. Like they would literally like be yelling at each other. They'd be like, oh no, let me pay for it. And then they would, they would, and they would like, you've probably seen this where like there, oh, two people are holding the bill like this and they're like, pulling, it's like a tug of war with the bill. Um, and then they get really mad. <laughs> So I, I don't like that translation that much. Outdo one another. It kind of turns it into a competition, you know. But just be eager to honor one another. Be eager to honor one another. And there's various passages throughout the scriptures that uh, affirm this truth. Uh, in Proverbs, it says, as iron sharpens iron, uh, so one friend sharpens another. In Acts 2, as I mentioned earlier, it says, they gathered together in fellowship and meals, sharing everything they had in common. And uh, the study that I shared with you earlier about the two psychiatrists uh, uh, studying like generosity, they also performed this study uh, with war veterans, okay? And they found that war veterans who had strong support and strong community were 180% less likely to experience PTSD. Those who lived in isolation experienced PTSD far greater than war veterans who did not. So it brings like physical health, but it also brings like mental health, community. Similarly, those who struggle with chronic anxiety experience it much less when they have a strong support system. I know as someone who uh, struggled with depression for many, many years, 
it's really, really hard for me to be depressed when I'm with community. When I'm depressed, I isolate myself and I don't want to see anyone for days and, or even weeks. Um, now, unfortunately, I think uh, as a guy, as a male, uh, this is a much difficult problem, much more difficult problem than it is for women. And maybe I'm being sexist here, but women have a greater capacity to have deeper friendships. Guys, on the other hand, it's really, really hard to get there, okay? I've definitely tried with my close childhood friends, and they just think I'm making it really, really weird. Um, if we're like gathered together and we're like, you know, having beers together, and then I ask them a very serious question, you know, like, like uh, what is like the greatest struggle in your marriage? And they're like, whoa, man, we're just trying to have fun. And then <laughs> really the purpose of like, like my childhood friends is just to like get together and make fun of each other and like laugh. <laughs> and then when I try to have like deep, and, but I, I want that. And the reason why I do that is not because like I'm trying to make it weird <laughs> on purpose. It's because I deeply want like close relationships. And so um, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't look to my childhood friends to do that. I have this other group of like um, guys that I meet up with every Friday morning now. It's a therapy group. And that's where I do a lot of those like deep, deeper <laughs> connections, those heart to heart connections. And I am, uh, and also I, I find it definitely here with my community uh, when I meet up, especially when I meet up with church members one-on-one -on -one and we're able to have like serious, meaningful conversations. And I have it with my family. Um, my, not so much my five-year-old son, <laughs> but my 10-year-old uh, daughter is getting to the age where I could have like more serious conversations with her. Um, and obviously I, I have those kinds of conversations with Becky all the time. Even this morning, uh, we kind of had a little argument as I was getting ready to come here. And then on my way here, um, because we drive separately, my daughter called me from my wife's phone and she apologized for some of the stuff that she said and then I apologized for some of the stuff that I said. And uh, it's very, very rewarding and enriching to have these kinds of conversations and they don't necessarily make me like happy, as in the emotion. It, it gives me joy. Having these like rewarding relationships give me joy. So joy is found in mutuality in these three different ways. Okay, there is a longing in our spirits that can only be fulfilled by having deep connections with God and with our neighbors. Joy is found in giving by giving generously. Okay, just constantly trying to receive and being selfish and looking for these like happiness experiences is only gonna leave our spirits feeling emptier and emptier and joy is found in community this community exists to help nurture this culture this life of joy let us pray Lord, thank you for putting in our hearts and our spirits this need for joy. Lord, we know that nothing can satisfy, nothing could fulfill us other than you. And you have, you have also designed us in a way that we long for these deeper connections with our neighbors, with our community. 
So if, like me, <laughs> I can't find it in my existing uh, childhood friends, uh, thank you for allowing me to experience it with my family, with uh, this community, and uh, with other people who are willing to go there. Lord, this is how you designed us. Help us to pay attention to that longing in our spirits and to fulfill it by living in community and by living selflessly. We pray all this in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.